So in August of 1938, DC Comics released Action Comics Number One with a brand new superhero named Superman in it, and it changed everything. From that moment on, comic books were all the rage, especially among young boys. And it's really hard to repeat that kind of success. But in March of 1939, in Detective Comics number 27, there appeared a brand new character called The Batman. And The Batman was going to be everything that Superman wasn't. Dark, gritty, human, and really, really complicated. In this episode of The Eclectic Monk, I want to give a quick review of the new movie, The Batman, and talk a little bit about why Batman is so important and so cool, and then give you my favorite Batman comics, because after all, there's more Batman in print than there is on the big screen. So stick around. Don't touch that dial. Same bat time. Same bat channel. This is the Batman episode. So I've been saying for years now that what I would love to see would be a film noir world's greatest detective Batman film because Batman is the world's greatest detective. If there's anything that's been missing from all of the previous films from the 1966 Adam West, Burt Ward campy film to the uh, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, very stylized, comic bookish movies to the really dumb Val Kilmer and George Clooney films that nobody even watched. And then the Nolan films with Christopher Bale with these very supercharged, action-packed, good movies, but there was no suspense. There was no there was no mystery. There was no place for Batman to be the world's greatest detective. And I always thought it would be a very uh, good vehicle to do kind of a dark, gritty, you know, film noir, like I said, you know, lots of lots of shadows, lots of dark spaces, lots of, uh, you know, very uh, urban grit. I thought that's where Batman really lives. Certainly where he lives, and I think, in some of the best comic stories that have been around, going all the way back to 1939. That's where he started as the world's greatest detective in Detective Comics number 27. So uh, I was very, very happy when I went to see, you know, I, I was calling it the new Batman movie, the Robert Pattinson Batman film. 
And I went in and sat down in the theater. And um, actually, the first time I've been in a theater since the pandemic, since 2019. Uh, and I sat and watched this film, and it came up as The Batman. That's the name of the movie, The Batman, which is what he was called in 1939. Starting in this issue, The Amazing and Unique Adventures of The Batman. That's on the cover of Detective Comics number 27. So, The Batman. Let me know, hey, I'm probably in for at least an attempt at the kind of movie that I've always wanted to see. And it really did not disappoint me. Um, I would, uh, I don't want to give any spoilers in this, so I'm not going to get into a lot of details. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman, uh, I thought was really well done. I thought they did a really good job. Matt Reeves, who is the director, did a very good job of creating suspense, of leaving a lot of space for character. That's, you know, it's so many superhero movies. It's just one fight scene to another chase to another explosion to another fight scene, you know, and there's very little character development. This movie, the pacing is very slow. This is a suspense story. This is a mystery story. And it was, I felt really, really well done. Um, I will take five points off for the post-COVID Hollywood woke nonsense that got tossed in here and there. But this is obviously a post-pandemic film. You can tell this was a movie that was in production in 2019, before the pandemic hit, and uh, was impacted and affected by that. Like, I mean, how could it not be? How could people not be affected by the last two and a half years, right? Uh, so this was obviously a, there was a lot going on that was speaking to our modern reality. Um, they, there's a lot of talk about the uh, corruption in high places, about the loss of faith in our institutions, about lawlessness ruling in the streets about people's desire for vengeance and a lack of hope in the society. These were, were major themes that play through this film. And I think that really resonates in the world that we're in. So I thought they did a really good job with that. Uh, Zoe Kravitz plays uh, Catwoman, Selena Kyle. Uh, I thought that was... Um, an interesting, an interesting choice. She's, you know, Catwoman has always been the forbidden love interest for Batman. Uh, in some of the comic runs, they've actually been married and different things, you know. Um, and just a really good... Batman needs somebody to talk to. Otherwise, you have a silent Batman who's talking to himself, and that's just crazy. Uh, so they did a really good job of... of putting her in as a support cast. Paul Dano as the Riddler was just fantastic. I will say that when I heard that the the villain of the film was going to be the Riddler, that I kind of winced a little bit. Because honestly, when I think Riddler, I think Frank Gorshin or Jim Carrey, this goofy, crazy, over-the-top 
uh, character that is just, you know, always gets caught because he's he's just so dumb. Uh, even in the comics, the Riddler is rarely used effectively. I've always found Riddler stories to be kind of predictable. And, you know, he's more of a, you just feel sorry for the guy more than you, you know, feel fear from him. You know, obviously, the Joker, controlled chaos, the perfect Batman nemesis. Um, the Riddler, yeah, he's just a guy that leaves dumb clues and always gets caught. But in this film, uh, they they use him very effectively. The Riddler is obviously based on the Zodiac Killer. So if you haven't seen the film yet and you want to know a little bit about what you're getting into, go study the Zodiac murders from back in the 1970s. And you'll see uh, that they really did pattern the Riddler after this real-life serial killer. And that made it very effective and made it very realistic. You watch the film, and again, um, I think they did a really good job. You don't agree with his methods, but you understand them. They did a really good job of making him a sympathetic but really creepy and really frightening person. Um, so that's that was really just well done, I thought. And ultimately, I just found that, the again, the pacing of the movie, the cinematography was great. Um, it wasn't one fight, one car chase, one explosion, one fight, one car chase, one explosion, over and over again until you got to the big car chase and the big explosion and the big fight. It's not what this movie is. It's much more subtle. And there is a real mystery. And there's a real arc. Uh, this is a young Batman. Okay, so uh, this is uh, this is a Batman who's only been Batman for, for a very short period of time. And so he's figuring out what he's all about. And, and so in the story, there's this great arc where he goes from being an agent of vengeance to an agent of hope. And that really is what the film is about more than anything else, I thought. And I found it to be, um, again, refreshingly different and really, really enjoyed it. So I walked away from that film thinking, finally, I got my world's greatest detective movie and they did a good job with it. Now, I, I, like I said, I, I like the the Nolan films, I find them to be a little bit uh, bombastic, if you will. They kind of are unrelenting. You, you, they open with a huge explosion, and 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 you don't get a chance to breathe and settle in and really think. Um, the Dark Knight, especially, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker was just really, really terrifyingly, you know, realistic, and and that's a really good film. Uh, I think the best of those three. Uh, and most people would agree with that. But um, but I like this film better because I like the mood, I like the pacing, and I like, I just like the way, um, you know, this is much more of a, almost a, a gothic horror film than a superhero film. And it, it has that feeling to it. And, and so I, I really appreciated it. So, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. I know uh, it gets pretty good scores with Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I know there are people who hate it, but there are people who think it's a masterpiece. 
I'm somewhere in the middle of that. I don't hate it at all. I, I really liked it. Masterpiece, eh, I don't know. But um, but was a really, really, it's a good movie. And hopefully this is where DC is going to go because DC really needs to put out some really good movies um, if they're ever going to you know, pick up. And, and Marvel, I think, has run off a cliff. So I'm, I'm not even interested in them anymore. Which is sad because, you know, they they did some good stuff. But, uh, you know, the, what, Eternals or whatever it was, it didn't even pique my interest. But The Batman, that's a really, that's a good film. Go see it. Anyway, that's my thoughts on it. If you'll stick around, I'll come back and I'll give you a little bit more Batman uh, because if you couldn't tell, I really love Batman. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Hey man, how do you feel? Groovy? Far out? Or do those aches and pains have you like on a major bummer, man? Damn, maybe just okay. Well... The cool folks at Astral Farsica have just the thing to bring you back to that place where you want to be. Magic Mood Lotion. This smooth, creamy lotion contains CBD, Delta 8, and the newly discovered Epsilon 420, man. It's guaranteed to make your pain go away and your mood go far out. So what hurts? Your knee? Rub a little magic mood lotion on it and experience something all new. Don't wait. Call now. Order your magic mood lotion today. Start feeling groovy again. Magic Mood Lotion is not legal in all states. Check your local regulations. Side effects include localized rash, swelling of the glands, discomfort in the nether regions, radical mood swings, painful rectal itch, possible loss of consciousness, and an unnaturally elevated mood that may lead to poor decision-making and could ultimately cause death. Call now, 1-800-NEW-MOOD and get your magic mood lotion. That's right, the miracle in a bottle is just one phone call away. Allow six to eight weeks for delivery. Astrofarsica is not responsible for side effects or legal issues. Use only as directed. You know, they say there are two original American art forms. Jazz music and comic books, the two things that were born in America and are just purely American. And the modern comic, as we said, was born in 1938 with the invention of Superman and Action Comics number one, and then in Detective Comics 27, The Batman is created. That's in uh, March of 1939. And then come April of 1940, Robin was added. Uh, so they decided that in order to make it more appealing, they would add a you know 12-year-old sidekick working with uh, to fight crime with the emotionally unhealthy 25-year-old 
vigilante. I, I don't know. It makes perfect sense when you think about it in those terms. But uh, they doubled the sales of the comics because the kids, you know, had somebody to relate to, and Batman had someone to talk to. Very important in a comic book. So we uh, we have Batman and Robin, and then of course World War Two happened, and. Uh, Comic sales actually skyrocketed during the war. People were buying comics and sending them to the soldiers. The soldiers loved them, and uh, it was a, a, a major thing for them to be getting their, you know, Captain America and Superman and Batman comics sent to them as they were over overseas fighting for uh, freedom. And, uh, of course, by 1945, the war was over, and the real superheroes came home, all those men who had fought so bravely in the World War. And then comic books and superheroes kind of fell out of favor. The thing that really took in the late 40s and the early 50s, comics uh, kind of shifted to horror comics became the new thing. And they were pretty grim. I've, I've got some and they are actually pretty, um, pretty violent and pretty disturbing. And the parents started getting concerned about it. And so the comic industry, in order to save itself, created the comic code and there, they watered everything down. And so by the mid-1950s, um, Batman just got stupid. I mean, I'm just going to put it that way. Batman was just, you know, uh, it was just, it was just dumb. I mean, not dumb, like, you know, yeah, it was dumb. It was all very formulaic, and it was just, you know, not very good. Um, and so comic books kind of, fell out of favor. Uh, of course, I loved comic books when I was a kid, and, and then Marvel happened, you know, with uh, the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and the Hulk, and those became very popular. And, and the Justice League, I remember reading Justice League comics when I was a kid and liking those. Uh, that's when I learned to love Green Arrow, who is my favorite comic character. If you know me, you know that's true. And uh, But I always liked Batman. Then 1966, 1966, Batman hit television. I was three years old uh, when the Adam West Batman came on. And I grew up watching it in reruns. It only ran for three seasons uh, before it got canceled. But it was bright and it was kitschy and goofy and fun. And, you know, there was a cliffhanger and then Batman would, you know, wiggle his little finger and get something out of his utility belt and they'd save the day and, you know, be a big fight. And anyway, uh, I wasn't until I was a grown person watching them, and I realized just how um, um, risque the dialogue in that thing was. They were saying things that you just probably shouldn't say to a bunch of kids on television, but as kids, we didn't get the humor. Uh, it's kind of like laughing, got away with a lot of stuff because it was so quick, the censors didn't pick up on it. Uh, but go back and watch some of those early Adam West, Burt Ward, Batman TV shows, and you'll go, oh, I didn't know they could say that on television in 1966, but they did. Anyway, I loved it. That was the Batman that I grew up with, right? But as the comics, I mean, as I got older, comic books just weren't very appealing. Uh, they were really in trouble. And then in 1986, a guy named Frank Miller uh, wrote uh, The Dark Knight Returns. And it was a, this is a classic Batman story. If you've never read The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, you should um, it is different. It's dark and gritty. It reminded us that Batman uh, began as a vigilante in Gotham City, beating people up uh, and, you know, 
bringing using terror as his weapon. Uh, and in this particular iteration, Batman, Bruce Wayne is old, broken, and just mad. And he's just this violent force to be reckoned with. So, but Frank, Frank Miller, we gave us back an adult version of Batman. And that was really cool. And that really began the whole Batman movie thing. So in 1989, Tim Burton, uh, of course, releases... Um, you know, Batman with Michael Keaton as Batman and, you know, Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Great movie. There was a uh, the uh, Batman Returns, pretty good movie. And then there was, you know, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin and uh, maybe one other one. Really bad movies. The Val Kilmer and the George Clooney Batman films should have been better than they were. Big budget films really bad movies. Don't waste your time. Um, But in print, Batman has never been out of print since 1939. There's been Batman, uh, the detective comics, longest running comic in uh, comic book history. Um, And Batman has been around since 39, never out of print. Uh, The most popular comic character of all time, uh, the most profitable comic icon of all time, money-wise, over the years. Uh, But then in 1989, DC Comics uh, comes out with Legends of the Dark Knight, the first solo Batman comic since 1940. So they got rid of Robin. They took Batman back to his roots. And some of those uh, are great. All the great writers, uh, Grant Morrison, uh, Denny O'Neill, actually writes the, the very first arc in that that series, and they were able to do some really good things with Batman in the uh, Legends of the Dark Knight series. So uh, I ran for several years. I like most all of it. Um, there's a couple of really good arcs. Again, uh, Shaman was the first one. That's really good. Heat is a really good one. Uh, but one of my favorites is called Legend of the Dark Might, which basically basically brings Batmite who was this goofy little imp uh, who shows up back in the 50s, um, and they bring him into the Dark Knight universe, and it's really very funny, very tongue-in-cheek and very well-written. So you have to, you have to like that. Um, if we fast-forward a little bit after that, then uh, back in, let's see, what was it? Early 90s, in the early 90s, uh, 1996, they had, came out with this series called uh, Batman Black and White, where all the stories, all the artwork is in black and white. And it's a really, really good series. Again, very film noirish, which I really enjoy. Uh, also, you have um, in 96, Denny O'Neill wrote one called Death of Innocence. It's the horror of landmines. Actually won an award, a congressional award. Uh, it's dealing with uh, the problem of landmines over in um, Kosovo uh, during the war that we were involved in during the Clinton era. A uh, little slice of history most people forget about. But that's a really good comic, well-written and important. Then we can, uh, if you bounce up to 97... Uh, there's a series that came out called The Batman Chronicles there in the mid-90s. And it's just a bunch of little short stories. And I like short stories. I like self-contained stories. 
I, I like a, a three or four page silent story where there's no dialogue. There's just, you know, pictures and action. Um, anyway, I, I really enjoyed the Batman Chronicles. I thought it was really well done and would encourage you to do that, to get those. Uh, in 2009, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman, probably one of uh, America's great um, fantasy and um, speculative writers, uh, great storyteller, and uh, along with Andy Kubert, his artist, put out a, a two-comic, um, ep- two, two a two-comic thing called Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader. If you ever see that, if you're digging through the comic book boxes, you know, wherever you go and look for comic books, and you come up on Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader, if you haven't read it, you need to pick that up. That is a fantastic little story and I would highly recommend it of course you know you can't mention um, you have to have the killing joke which was a great Batman story long Halloween it's a great Batman story hush a great Batman story and uh, one of my favorite little things uh, is from uh, 2010 and uh, there's a lot of Batman by this time you had Batman you had Legends of the Dark Knight, you had Shadow of the Bat, you had Detective Comics, you had Batman and Robin. And they had this thing called Batman Confidential. And there's an artist, a guy named Sam Keith, who I really, really love his artwork. Uh, And so issues 40, 41, 42, and 43 of Batman Confidential are this great story by Sam Keith. And the artwork is just incredible. And I really, really love that. Um, And of course, you know, there's, there's all kind of other... There's so much Batman that, that we could go into. But um, I just love the character. I love the depth of the character. I love when they do him, when they write Batman right, he is um, an interesting person. And he's just a guy. And that's why I really like the Ben Affleck Batman and the Justice League movie and the uh, Batman vs. Superman, which eh, was could have been such a good film and wasn't. Um, but... That older, you know, Batman who's just, you know, physically broken but can't give up because he's still in the fight. You know, I, I really liked that idea. And uh, I like Batman when he's mature and he's he's got all these these ideas. So anyway, that's a, just a few ideas of some Batman to dig into. Um, oh, and um, the the cartoon that came out. Um, yeah, the Batman animated series, really, really excellent and well done. And I would highly recommend that you watch that. It's, it's not kid stuff. It's, it's really well done. So, uh, that would something that you can certainly watch and enjoy. Anyway, it's a lot of Batman. I know if you don't like Batman, you hate comic books, then I bored you to death. Uh, if you do, I hope I whetted your appetite and you'll go out and look for some of these things. And just remember that um, Batman, well, he may not be real, but what if he was? Wouldn't that be cool? Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, if you have any, uh, let me know what your favorite superhero is and why. Um, again, Green Arrow is my favorite. Batman there's a very close number two, uh, Superman right behind that. But anyway, I love Batman and I did like the new movie. Go check it out. So with that being said, fellow travelers, remember 
Travel well. Enjoy the journey. Remember, it's an adventure. So get out there. Do it. And never doubt that you are loved. There is someone watching over you in the shadows. And it's not Batman. It's your creator. Till next time. God bless. I do appreciate you listening to the podcast. And I hope you find it entertaining and enlightening. And if you do enjoy the podcast, there's a few things you could do to really help me out. If you would, subscribe, like, share, and rate the podcast on whatever platform you're on. And you can go to my website, theeclecticmonk.com, and there you're going to find a support tab. Click there, and it'll take you to a link where you can become a monthly supporter of the Eclectic Monk podcast. And that would really help me out. Hey, we're on this journey together, and I sure hope that you and the rest of the nine will continue with me as we move into the exciting future. Thanks again.